the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one, from education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation. This program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. We're located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose, or you can reach us on the web at blackchamber.com. In studio with me is my good friend, producer, and co-host, Carl Big Papa Welsh. How you doing, Carl? I'm doing great, Mr. Carl Davis. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I am very excited to introduce a good friend of mine, Mr. Chike Wafia. And Chike is the founding director of the Silicon Valley African Film Festival. I am so excited, Chike, to hear about this. But how the heck are you doing, Chike? I'm doing good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, brother. Carl and Carl. Carl with a K, Carl with a C. That's right. It's the Carl, it's the Carl and Carl show today. <laughs> oh. Thank hey, you Chike. for having me. Hey, Chike, before we dive in, Chike, I, we want to find out a little bit about you. Who is Chike? Oh, my gosh. Um <laughs> Where do we start? I know you have a short program because, you know, <laughs> first of all, I come from the Igbo ethnic group of Southeast Nigeria. And when you ask someone um, who they are, you better be ready for a story. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but in any case, um, my name is Chike Wafia, like you, like you said. I, I was born in, I come from the um, the Igbo ethnic group of Southeast Nigeria, um, and that's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, went to you know high school and undergraduate studies in Nigeria before I came out to Silicon Valley for graduate studies, and then began my career in Silicon Valley as a corporate strategic planner um, for one of the biotech companies. And um, after a few years of paying my dues, I I wanted to go back to originally what I've always loved to do, which has to do with theater, film. And the creative arts. Um, I was born in a very creative arts um, family, and growing up as a young kid in the country, I was very much um, soaked into that, um, producing Shakespearean plays when I was barely 10 or 9 and 11, and doing a lot of classic Greek works and different kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. my whole life was Mm -hmm. all about theater and television production, even growing up. But somehow... Um, as my father would say, I I had this natural knack for economics and math and business and all of that stuff. And so in the end, I ended up going to business school, um, still having 
the creative part of me on the side, not as a major. But after my sojourn in Silicon Valley for quite a bit, I really got a calling to go back to that, which I've always loved to do, and figure out a way to incorporate that into my adult life. And uh, 15 years plus later, here I am, um, never regretted doing it, and uh, feel so fulfilled and blessed and, and honored to be able to use that which I think God has given me as a talent to, oh, to still stay relevant to whatever community that I find myself. Um, I'm married to a beautiful young lady from Mississippi, Defria, and um, we're blessed with our son, who is 14 years old and doing very well in high school. And Good. Um, my family is still back in Nigeria, so I mm-hmm. go back and forth. Um, to Let me ask you a question because uh, as you were saying all about your creative part and how you love theater and art, um, the big question is why the Silicon Valley Film Festival? Why create that? Well, um, it's it's a very simple and layered explanation, and let me let me mm-hmm. put it this way: mm-hmm. um, for for most of us that come out of the African continent and migrate to a place like United States or even a good part of the Western world, as you will, um, there is a shocker that hits us when we get here. Not so much in terms of anything else, but just that perceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, it dawns on us how ignorant, mm. and this is to put it mildly, that people are about the place we come from, this continent called Africa. And that's for those that even understand it to be a continent and not a village. And so there is this perception of Africa that is so perversive in the Western world of a continent that is always on its knees begging for something, Mm. a continent that is diseased, a continent that is Mm. struggling and a Children have flies in their noses. Mm. This is what I call the National Geographic perception of Africa or the Tarzan narrative of Africa. <laughs> Go ahead, so, GK. Come on. Yeah, and, and so when yeah. one encounters this thing, and I say, this Africa is foreign to me, but I've lived all my life in Africa. I've never even seen <laughs> this Africa. And unfortunately, this is the this is the prevailing uh portrayal of Africa mm, across the media, whether it be in films, television, news stories, or so-called the NGOs that are doing, in quotes, good in Africa. They sell Africa from this myopic viewpoint mm. that is very, very puzzling to a great deal of us. And so mm. um, I found myself uh, in Silicon Valley and then found myself in situations where I was always, and I never got, you know, um, I wouldn't say I was uh, mad about those kinds of perceptions, but I always saw them as teaching moments. There there are so many teaching moments that keep occurring day in, day out, that somehow you're going to say one has to figure out a way to change the narrative or at least Mm. to create a forum for a different kind of narrative, a different Mm. kind of conversation. Mm. And... um, um, I was on the faculty for quite a while uh, at Menlo College, where I was teaching African history. And one of the exercises I would do with my students uh, in the very first weeks of class would be to to just shout out at me whatever comes to mind when they hear 
Africa mentioned mm. just anything and will fill up the chalkboard and it never fails. And even when I've done those kinds of exercises with high school students and elementary school students, the answers are the same. By the time we fill up the chalkboard, over 80% mm. of what is on the board is negative. Negative. And wow. you're going to see war, AIDS, um, giraffe. I mean, everything Starvation. else that nobody yeah. talks about human beings in Africa. Wow. And so, so um, and then my question to them will be, this is great, but how did you get to know these things? How did you get this information? And of course, newspapers. Power. Television. Power. Film. The power of the media, Chike. Right. Go ahead. Right. And yeah, and that's what it is. And so, but, but one has to understand that for far too long, Africa's story has been told by people that are so far removed from mm. the continent. Mm. that had nothing else in mind other than how to create a narrative of a people mm. and then use the narrative to create a fertile ground for the exploitation of those people. Yeah, and they have forced far too long controlled the vehicles that tell the story. And like our people say, until the lion learns to talk, the story of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. So the hunter goes in the bush, encounters a lion. Nobody is there. But when the lion comes, when the hunter comes back to the village, he's going to tell tall tales. Mm. But if you were to go ask the lion, how did it go? <laughs> you're going to get you're going to get a different story. And so for us wow. as Africans, um, I got sick and tired of having to always tell the story and debunk a lot of this myopic narratives of this place that I know and grew up in. And I thought, you know what, perhaps I can bring the African storytellers here. Perhaps mm -hmm. I can create a platform for African storytellers to share their own stories. And that's why we say our film festival is called Africa Through the African Lens. Yes. And so <laughs> what we then decided to do was to create a platform where content creators on the African continent can have their stories curated here by us. We invite them to come, present their stories in film, and then engage the community in a conversation and, um, and hopefully begin to change this one-dimensional narrative, narrative of Africa because it doesn't help anybody. Um, I mean, the four of the fastest-growing economies in the world is on the African continent. There is more... They have over 300 million people using Facebook on the African continent. I and mean, we can go on and on and on. But for me, those are not even parameters for anything because I don't judge success based on a reference point of the white man. What is success to me is that a people are given or have the opportunity to add their voice to a conversation unfiltered, unedited, and it is their authentic voice. And that's all we are doing by creating a film festival that celebrates the African stories by man. Africans. Man, Chike. Chike, that is so powerful, man. Me and Carl are chopping at the bit to ask you some more questions, but we got to leave it right there so we can take a break. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. Brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. 
More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Hold on. We're asking our folks to hold on. we got a wonderful guest in today, my good friend Chike Awafi, the founding director of the Silicon Valley African Film Festival. Yeah, so so the things that you got through saying were were tremendously powerful. I love the quote, until the lion learns to talk, the story of the hunt will always be (laughs) in the voice of the hunter. So the films that you bring in, um, and I know Carl has talked about a few of them, the films that you bring in, do you think that it helps with the image uh, and understanding, and does it help Americans appreciate what Africa and Africans are about? I'm going to jump in and say, I love it. I've already experienced it. He brought in a movie called or a documentary called Bound, and it showed how the power of the media has portrayed Africans to African-Americans and African-Americans to Africans. Chike, tell us what uh, any other things you have to say about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a brilliant question, and the simple answer is yes. And let me expound on this, because... Um, for us, and one thing that we try to make sure people understand when they come to my film festival, um, for instance, this last film festival, uh, this is our eighth year, mind you, and this last film festival, we showed 90 films, 90, 90, 90 films, films. One, wow. Yes, in one, in one weekend from 29 different African countries. Wow. And these were short films, full-length films, documentaries, narratives, animation pieces, the idea for us is that you come and literally take a trip around the continent of Africa without having to travel, and you get to see Africa in all its diversity, in different palettes, because for us it's not so much. And when I talk about the authentic African voice, Mm -hmm. I'm not really talking about trying to paint Africa in some glory that he doesn't have. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a combination of all of that. But what is distinguishing and important for us is that that voice has to truly be African. Mm. This, the voice, the story has to be told by the person that owns the story. And I'll give you an instance. Several years ago, we had a documentary film. And this is, I, I, I tell this story because it is not one of those films about painting Africa in all its glory. There's a documentary that was done about the Rwandan genocide. Mm. And this was the first documentary film ever to be directed and produced by a genocide survivor about the genocide. So this young man, it wasn't a glossy film. He didn't have a lot of money to do a big budget film. But he did it nonetheless. It was his own personal story. About 135 members of his family were killed in the Rwandan genocide. Mm. Now, as a young adult, as a filmmaker, he took his camera and wanted to tell that story from his own point of view. He brought the film to our film festival after it's been rejected by so many film festivals because it wasn't, wasn't glossy. He decided to show the film. Now, there's a scene in the film where this young man encounters the man that was responsible for his own father's death. He sits with this man, puts a lavalier microphone on him, and asks him a series of questions. One of the questions that today still haunts me was this question he posed to this man. He said to the man, you see, I never got to hear my father's last words. 
Can you tell me what my father said mm. before you killed him? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. As heavy as that is, and even as yeah. I recall it, it's been so many years, it gives me goosebumps. Wow. But it, I say this because this illustrates what we mean by authentic voice. Nobody else, and I don't care how much money you have in Hollywood, no other producer or director could have asked that same question of that man. Mm. That young man, that filmmaker, is the only one that could ask that question. That's what we mean by authentic voice. We are creating a forum for Africans to authentically tell Africa's story. Mm. We had a film from Ethiopia, very beautiful film about young college graduates, young ladies. It was a female director. I was a fun drama about some group of young ladies deciding to play practical jokes on one of their friends on Valentine's Day. Beautiful film. Um, and I remember one of our audience members during the Q&A was asking the filmmaker if this film was really shot in Ethiopia because she couldn't comprehend ladies driving, going to nightclubs, even going to restaurants. I mean, the film was, could have been anywhere. Right. And so this woman, and not out of, she just was curious because she just, she couldn't fit that in her already understanding of what she thought Ethiopia was like. You see what I'm saying? And so this young filmmaker uh, was able to explain, yes, this is Addis Ababa. This is me. This is my friend. This is how we live our lives. (laughs) Hey, hey, TK. I I want to get this in because... um, People who can't go to Africa, because what you're saying, you know, if you go to Africa, you're going to see that. I went to uh, South Africa, Tanzania, Zanzibar. When I was in South Africa, the mall I went to, that Santon Mall, that was better than any mall I've ever seen in the United States. Definitely in Silicon Valley. People can't see that. So those people who can't go to Africa and see that, they need to get in touch and be a part of this film festival so they can see the real Africa. As you said, you're not glorifying it. You're showing it exactly how it is. And it's going to take many times to see that because people's brain are, there's an indelible print in their mind about the Africa that you talked about earlier, the Africa where people are on their knees and flies are all around. That is definitely not all of Africa for sure. So, you know, how can people get in touch with you and the film festival? Because I want people to hear this and I want to hear it now and we'll do it again at the end of the show. Well, it's pretty, I mean, in today's, um, everyone is online and so are we. Uh, we have a website. We're also on Facebook and um, the acronym for our film festival, since it's Silicon Valley African Film Festival, which is S-V-A-F-F. And that happens to be our website as well, svaff.org. Please um, click on the website. We have opportunities for people to actually join our planning team, be Mm. part of even the putting together of the website, um, of the film festival itself. Um, We are non-profit, and so we are looking for any kind of support uh, in terms of talent, treasure, skills, whatever you have. Um, and so um, join us. And, and you're and actually and you're part. actually going to have an office at the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, right? 
we already did actually. So we, we, have, we are happy and excited about that. And so our office is now officially located um, at the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce um, office on 14th Street in San Jose. And so, so we're Chike, excited about that as well. Yes. So when, so when is the film festival? Uh, this is going to be the ninth annual film festival come up this year? Right. Well, this is 2017 when we just wrapped up our eighth annual. Right. And um, so for next year, the, the the film festival will be October 5th, 6th, 7th. So that weekend, the first weekend in October, is when our film festival will be. And it will be at the historic Hoover Theater in, in San Jose, which is right across from the Egyptian Resocration Museum. Right. That's where we're going to locate. Then we have programs year-round. And so I will encourage folks to like us on Facebook, get on our mailing list through our website or Facebook pages so they can be updated on on screenings that we have. And we have a rich library of films. And so for organizations that are looking either to do fundraisers or do collaborative screenings or something, or even individuals that want to use film as a pathway for conversation, feel free to get in touch with us and we can always figure out something. And and possibly we can do a screening. It doesn't have to be in October. And, right. uh, now that was, yeah, well, that's so, a segue yeah. to my next question. How can they find uh, all the films online, or do they have to come through you? Because if we if uh, we want to showcase some of these films, and and I know I've seen a list of the films that you guys uh, uh, have produced and have showcased, especially like some of the ones that, that kind of collaborate between the cultures here in America and the culture in Africa, which could be, one of them could be hip-hop. Another one could be um, uh, someone's striving to be the best that they can be as far as being a woman and trying to get into work. How can they find those films outside of just uh, coming to you? Are they online or do they need to always come to you and, and, uh, and, and try to, to watch them? Preview well, them. no. The, well, the first point of entry has to be us uh, because at the film festival, um, we license these films in order to exhibit them in our program. And some of the films, yes, might already uh, but one thing is, perhaps after our film festival, the, the filmmaker decides to put their film online, and then we can link to that film or let people know, yes, this film you're looking for is now available online. For instance, as Brother Carl was talking about, the documentary film Bound that we brought down to San Jose, we showed it outside of our typical film festival. We showed it in April, actually. We brought Isaiah Washington down, who was a producer on it, and then Perez Owino, who was the director. And uh, we screened it in the community, had a community dialogue around um, the issues that connect us as one people. And then a few months later, the film became available on iTunes, and we did a blast to the mailing list to say, hey, that film that you saw, you can now naturally own it via iTunes. Some of the films that come to us, most of them, since we're a film festival, are probably not yet available because film festivals are oftentimes the first port of call for filmmakers to get their information out to say this film is now out. So a lot of these films you really can't access anywhere. Now, we don't typically have license to just start giving away people's films. So what we say to folks is if you've seen a film, either from the list of our films on our website or you came to a film festival and you saw a film that you're interested in, get in touch with us and we can figure out a way uh, either to link you to the director or the producer or give you more information as to how you can access it. And so if an organization is interested or individuals are interested in having these kinds of community screenings, uh, get in touch with us and we can always make it happen. 
TK, man, this has been fantastic, TK. We're we're almost out of time. I just want to kind of recap how people can reach you. S V A F F, and that stands for Silicon Valley African Film Festival. S V A F F dot org, and he's also on Facebook. And you have to connect with TK. TK, how much uh, does it cost to come to the film festival? Give us an idea about the price range. Um, actually, um, our film festival is one of the cheapest <laughs> things out in town. And to imagine that you could possibly get a whole weekend pass for $50. $50. That brings you 5 zero for the whole weekend. And that's like this year. That means you can see 90 films for 50 bucks. And then also, you know, our film festival, remember, we have an African marketplace going on. There's African food going on. Oh, There's man. African fashion show. There are performances. And Chique. all of that package. TK, kind of yes, we're sir. just we're just going to have to bring you back because we're out of time. We're going to have to bring <laughs> you back. But ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this show, it's podcast on blackchamber.com. And we're going to bring you on again. Until then, stay connected. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. And brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.